Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dr. J's Shakespeare. I'm Dr. J. In today's episode, I want to talk about one of the most familiar lines from Othello, not to embrace it, but to call it into question. As Othello speaks his last speech before, spoiler alert, before killing himself after murdering his wife, he describes himself as one that loved not wisely, but too well. Well, no was my reaction to this line when I first read it 50 years ago, and no remains my reaction today. It's a falsehood. But my thinking in one way did change. I first saw this line as Shakespeare's falsehood, a falsehood in a manipulative speech designed by Shakespeare to elicit sympathy, even tears, for a character who deserves neither, and thus help make Othello a popular play. I no longer think about the line in this way. Yes, it is a falsehood to say that Othello is someone who loved not wisely, but too well. But it's the character's falsehood, not Shakespeare's. Instead of rejecting Shakespeare, as I first did, I soon came to respect his art more, and both respect the play Othello while rejecting the character Othello. I recall the conversation I had with my professor, someone I admired a great deal, about the play. It doesn't matter that Othello was deceived by Iago, I argued. Othello would be wrong to kill Desdemona, even if she had, with Cassio, the act of shame a thousand times committed, as Othello hyperbolically declares she has. If that's how you feel, my professor replied, then Othello, the play, and much of Western literature, was outside my grasp. The fault was mine. No, I insisted, the fault was Shakespeare's. We left it at that, but I wasn't easy with doing so. So I went back and reread Othello. If I didn't think that Othello's love for Desdemona was true love, was it possible that Shakespeare didn't think so either, despite Othello's famous claim? I came to focus on the speech that Othello gives early in the play in response to Desdemona's father's demand that he explained to the duke how he wooed his daughter. Was it witchcraft? Did he employ potions or spells? Othello's explanation is quite long, 40 lines, but I'd like to read it in its entirety for its full effect. Othello begins by saying how Brabantio, Desdemona's father, loved him and often invited him to their home and one evening asked him to recount the adventures of his life. Othello does so, telling of battles on sea and on land, flood and field, of being captured and sold into slavery. This was common in the wars between the Christians and the Muslims then. And his adventures in more distant lands, where he encountered cannibals and even stranger humans. Othello then shifts the focus to Desdemona, who is listening in while doing household chores which keep calling her away. Othello recounts how he then met with Desdemona later 
and told his story over with her as the only audience, and then finishes with what followed. The Duke finds what he says quite charming, but I find it more revealing than charming. Let's listen. From Othello Duke, say it, Othello. Othello Her father loved me, oft invited me, still questioned me the story of my life from year to year, the battles, sieges, fortunes that I have passed. And so it came one night, I ran it through, even from my boyish days to the very moment that he bade me tell it, wherein I spoke of most disastrous chances, of moving accidents by flood and field, of hairbreadth escapes in the imminent deadly breach, of being taken by the insolent foe and sold to slavery, of my redemption thence my portents and my traveler's history, wherein of caverns vast and desert idle, rough quarries, rocks and hills whose heads touch heaven, it was my cue to speak, and of the cannibals that each other eat, the anthropophagi, and men whose heads do grow beneath their shoulders. These things to hear would Desdemona seriously incline, but still the house affairs would draw her thence, which ever as she could with haste dispatch, she'd come again, and with a greedy ear devour up my discourse, which I, observing, took once a pliant hour, and found good means to draw from her a prayer of earnest heart, that I would all my pilgrimage dilate, whereof by parcel she had something heard, but not intentively. I did consent, and often did beguile her of her tears, when I did speak of some distressful stroke that my youth suffered. My story being done, she gave me for my pains a world of sighs. She swore in faith, "'Twas strange, twas passing strange, twas pitiful, twas wondrous pitiful. She wished she had not heard it, yet she wished that heaven had made her such a man. She thanked me and bade me, if I had a friend that loved her, I should but teach him how to tell my story, and that would woo her. Upon this hint I spake. She loved me for the dangers I had passed, and I loved her that she did pity them. This only is the witchcraft I have used." Here comes the lady. Let her witness it. Duke, I think this tale would win my daughter, too. When I discussed this passage with my students, I first drew their attention, and particularly the attention of the female students, to Desdemona's part in the wooing. After Othello has told her his story, Desdemona tells Othello, that if he were to have a friend that was interested in her, he would only have to teach his friend to tell such a story, and she would be his. This is a great line, the sort we find in Shakespeare's romantic comedies. Whether you're the wooer or the wooed, the difficulty in wooing is protecting yourself from being hurt while making yourself vulnerable. Desdemona achieves this here. 
If Othello isn't interested in her, he can just nod his head and say okay and no harm done. But Othello is interested in Desdemona, so takes the hint and speaks. Othello, though, isn't a comedy. If it were, the marriage would come at the end of the fifth act, not before the opening of the first. Shakespeare's audience would have known this, and so would have been on the alert for signs that this isn't going to go well. Could they have found such a sign in this speech? I think they could have, and it comes right after Desdemona's charming hint. How does Othello conclude? She loved me for the dangers I had passed, he explains to those listening, and I loved her that she did pity them. Othello doesn't love Desdemona for anything about herself, but only for her feminine regard for him. No doubt Desdemona is both worthy and attractive, but that only makes her regard that much more valuable. Does Othello love Desdemona at all, much less too well, as he claims after he's murdered her? Or does he love himself? If all that's worthwhile in Desdemona is her love for him, what then when he is fooled into believing she is giving herself to Cassio? What of Othello's ego then? When Shakespeare's first audience heard Othello say, She loved me for the dangers I had passed, and I loved her that she did pity them, did they really turn to each other and say, Uh-oh? Probably not. After all, when the Duke hears Othello's story, his response is, I think this tale would win my daughter, too. After the play, when members of the audience had retired to the tavern or the bedroom to talk it over, perhaps someone then said, But hey, you know this is going to be how it turns out as soon as Othello explains why he loves Desdemona and why she loves him. It's all centered on him, nothing on her. And what of Othello's, I love not wisely but too well? Sure, I don't buy it. Did Shakespeare's first audience not buy it? I'm guessing many did buy it and weep for Othello and for his tragedy. If Shakespeare wanted his audience to realize what I'm claiming they should realize, shouldn't he have made sure they did? Shouldn't he have made sure that the audience realizes that the true blame lies not in Iago's villainy, but in Othello's vanity? Well, maybe, and maybe not. We today don't trust audiences. We want to be sure they get what they're supposed to get. But Shakespeare didn't write that way. I'm not sure there's even anything he wants us to get. He gives us not morals, but experience. He does so by writing true. Yes, I love not wisely, but too well, is manipulative. And many, if not all, in the audience will be manipulated by these words. But they are also what the self-regarding character Shakespeare has created from the beginning of the play would say. Earlier in the same final scene, Shakespeare has given us a very different way of seeing the truth of what's happened. O gull, Amelia berates him when she sees what he's done. O dolt, as ignorant as dirt. O murderous coxcomb. 
What should such a fool do with so good a wife? She loved the cruel moor. Amelia, it might be said, does love Desdemona, and her grief is for her friend. Othello's grief is for himself. He continues to speak of his honor. He feels sorry for himself, not Desdemona. Who can control his fate, he asks, as if what's happened isn't his fault, but a fault that's in the stars. But we don't have to agree. We don't finally know what resentment spurred Iago to deceive Othello as he does. We only know that he was astute enough to recognize where Othello was vulnerable. Iago has no ego invested in a woman's regard. He is contemptuous of them. When Cassio apologizes for kissing Amelia, Iago pretty much says, kiss her all you want, and continues on to speak to Desdemona as if she's nothing more than a strumpet, disguise it how she will. But he realizes that Othello feels quite differently. Not love, but self-regard invested in having Desdemona for himself, and thus sees how to destroy him. This plan to destroy Othello is actually Iago's plan B. His plan A we see in the play's first scene, where Iago tries to incite the rulers of Venice to racism against Othello. He does so by using very ugly racist language, but this plan fails as the Duke shows no racist tendency and basically ignores the invitation. We see the Duke's lack of racism in the passage I've read when he declares with approval that Othello's story would charm his daughter. Just as I had to go back and read again to recognize that the toxicity of I loved her not wisely but too well is Othello's toxicity, not Shakespeare's. So too do those who reject the play Othello because of its racism need to go back and see that the racist language isn't Shakespeare's but Iago's, and that even with Iago it isn't felt but is only used unsuccessfully as a ploy. One thing I've learned from Shakespeare, one among many, is that things aren't always as they seem. We must always think twice. And what, then, of Desdemona's innocent, charming hint to Othello, opening the door to him while at the same time protecting her own vulnerability? It's successful, yet our vulnerabilities go much deeper, and so too must our carefulness. That, too, I pointed out to my students, particularly my female students. Until next time, I'm Dr. J.